Unfortunately, I witnessed firsthand that trumpet really does make that noise. I heard it all week long as they filmed that. I think it's still ringing in my head. Will you pray with me this morning? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Like Meredith mentioned, today is the first Sunday of Advent. This is how we mark the Advent season. Now, some of you may be thinking, you know, we are putting up our Christmas stuff earlier this week, and our calendar, our Advent calendar, doesn't start until December 1st. You're not wrong but I'm still not misleading you because those Advent candles are meant to be used every single year. So they always start on December 1st, but the first Sunday of Advent changes. So that number would change year to year. Does this make sense? Yeah. So it is too early to use that candle yet, but that doesn't mean Advent hasn't started because it has. And so we are excited to celebrate that. This is the mark of a new beginning in the church. Advent is when we celebrate a new calendar year in the Christian church. And that begins today. Advent is the time of year, if you're like, man, what does Advent even mean? It's the time of year where we ready our hearts for the celebration of the birth of Christ. It is not unlike, it is cutting in and out, right, my mic? Yeah? Okay, a few weeks ago I did this, and then afterwards they were like, it totally didn't cut out. It was all in your head. So, this week, you were all my witnesses. It happened. <laughs> but we can keep going? Yeah. I do. We're going to keep going. It'll be great. If I have to grab a handheld, I will. So, as we look forward to Easter in the spring, we have those 40 days of Lent that we ready our hearts for the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. Not unlike that, in Advent, we are readying, we are preparing our hearts for the coming of the birth of Christ. So these days are not days for us to hustle and get all our holiday shopping done, although inevitably those will also happen. Instead, it's to focus our hearts on the real meaning of Christmas. And our theme this Advent season is comfort and joy from the hymn, do you all know God rest you merry gentlemen? Yes. And so we thought it would be a really cool thing to talk about comfort and joy because as we ready our hearts for the Advent season, those are two really important things. Maybe some of you are so excited and raring to go for Christmas, and others of you may have been experiencing loss. Maybe you have a lot of heaviness this time of year. We want to welcome every side into this space to acknowledge that we are all going through different things, and within each of those journeys, there's space for comfort and joy as we get closer to Christmas Day. This morning we begin the Advent season, season with the reading of the Annunciation. Luke 1, 26 through 38. Jesus' birth foretold. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city of Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. 
The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. Mary was confused by these words, and she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen, since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let the church say, thanks be to God. When I was in middle school and high school, I had the best job in all of the world. I was a babysitter. I made money by hanging out with kids, which was a pretty cool gig. As I thought back to those formative years in my life, I think I counted up 15 different families that I babysat for. Now, most of them were one-offs when their normal sitter was out of town or they needed a last-minute date night. But 15 is a lot of families. As I consider this story of Annunciation, I can't help but think of what Mary was entrusted with. For me, when I babysat children, families were entrusting me with their kids, with their most beloved. Often, I only recognized that importance in those tough moments of babysitting. When I failed to get the infant into her crib before she started waking up and crying, or when a child cried and cried that I didn't sing his bedtime song the way his mommy did, or when another kid conned me into giving them a snack they weren't supposed to have. It was in those kind of moments that I realized how utterly unqualified I was. And in those moments, I realized how much trust those parents, those guardians, were putting into me. The money in babysitting was always nice, especially as an adolescent. But now, as I look back at those moments, I realize how blessed I was to be entrusted with those children. Even if I found myself overwhelmed often in the moment or exhausted by the time I made it back home, I was given an opportunity to come alongside littles 
and to give them my time and my love. While a big responsibility, it really gave me an appreciation of what it means to entrust something to someone else. And my stories don't compare to Mary's. Mary, the one chosen to bear and raise the Son of God. Mary has always been a little bit of a mystery to me. Actually, most of the Bible and the characters in it are mysteries to me, to be fair. As I read through the Gospels, I feel like I never really get Mary's whole story. I'm always left wanting more. I want to know her struggles. I want to know what emotion she was going through. I want to know who was in her inner circle and who were the people she confided in. Throughout the years, I've also really never known where to rate Mary's importance in the church. Mary, I'm going to grab a mic. We can do hard things. No. Yes, great. This is how sermons work. Sometimes you just drift off and then you come back around. Okay, so reading scripture, I always wanted to know more about Mary. And in the church, I didn't always know. <laughs> now I'm echoing. This is so, so fun. Happy Advent. Let's just say it's the Christmas lights that are really throwing everything off. Should I keep going? We can do this with echoing. I don't know if I can, but if y'all can, we all can. <laughs> so, in the church, I never really knew where Mary should be ranked in her importance. Because there was this fear in Protestant churches to make Mary more elevated than she should be. To make her equal to Jesus. But then there's also the risk of overlooking Mary, if we don't listen to her story, if we don't care about the words and the actions that she does throughout scripture. As a female in the church, I particularly remember the emphasis on how obedient and selfless Mary was, and how all of us, women in particular, should act similarly to Mary. Now, as an opinionated, driven, outspoken young woman for most of my life, often I felt like maybe I wasn't being a good enough Christian because my faith didn't look like how the church told me Mary's faith looked like. It's only when I dive deeper into the story of Mary that I realize that Mary is not some passive, obedient, timid character. Now, to be fair, Mary does not argue. She does not roll her eyes at the angel or display doubts. Those are things I totally would have done in Mary's shoes. But Mary doesn't just nod and say okay to the angel either. When the angel tells Mary that she will bear the Son of God, Mary asks practical questions. She says, how is that even biologically possible? Right off the bat, Mary shows that she is not too scared to ask questions. 
Yes, our text says that she was confused by the angel, but there's no fear described. Instead, Mary demonstrates that she has not checked her brain at the door. While some people in Mary's situation may have been stunned or unable to find the right words in the presence of an angel, Mary has the courage, Mary has the tenacity to speak up and to ask some clarifying questions. When I read that scripture about Mary questioning the angel, I'm reminded that it's okay for us, too, to ask questions of God and to wrestle with our place in God's story. After the angel answers Mary's question to the best of their ability, Mary says the following, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. That is some confidence. That is bravery. That is a woman who recognizes what has been entrusted to her. Mary is confident that she will do whatever God calls her to do. She's not just a timid girl who nods her head obediently. Instead, Mary was brave. She asked questions and assessed what was being asked of her. Mary thought it through. Later in the Gospel of Luke, after Jesus is born, the shepherds come to visit and they tell Mary their story. They say, oh, this angel came to us and told us we would find you and the baby. And scripture says Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. Mary was brave. Mary was a thinker. And she was someone who carefully considered the world around her. Mary was entrusted with the greatest gift. And she demonstrates to us how to embrace gifts with grace and with confidence. What are we entrusted to? Maybe children have been entrusted to us. Maybe it's friendships. Maybe it's a special animal. Maybe it's a prized possession. How can we be proactive about those treasures? How can we ask questions and grow and work to be the best person we can be for that which we are entrusted to? When I was growing up and would get in trouble, which happened a lot, I'd often find myself with a lot of regrets and wishing I could go back in time to change my behavior. I wish I would have done things differently. And in those moments, my parents would have this saying they would tell me, hindsight is 2020. When we are on the other side of a situation, we're able to see it with a much clearer mind. But in the moment, often the situation's murky. The answers are not always obvious. Looking back on my illustrious babysitting career, there are times that I wish I would have been more present with the children I was with. I was only with them for a short time, and I'm sure I could have done a better job at connecting with them 
with hearing their stories, with letting them know they had someone in their corner. I hope I did an okay job. I kept the kids safe and I aimed to always be reliable. But I still know looking back, I probably could have done a lot of things better, even if it was only for an evening. I don't believe the Mary we read about in scripture is perfect. I don't believe that Mary is God. Mary probably had doubts. She probably lost her temper. She probably felt really alone some days. I yearn to know more about Mary's story. And still, I know she did the best she could do with what she was entrusted with. Mary confidently said she would be brave, that she would accept the will of God in her life. Scripture tells us that Mary watched Jesus grow up, that as adults, she and Jesus attended a wedding together. And I know Mary was there as Jesus took his last breath as a human. We aren't called to know it all. We are not called to live in regret about our past. We are called to love confidently, to listen to God's voice in our lives, and to be brave enough to ask tough questions and to stick around for their answers. There will always be moments of fear and confusion and despair and hurt and regret and all of the things and God's presence will still be there with each of us too. Mary shows us what it looks like to ask questions and to put our trust in a God who loves us. We each have those peoples, people and things in our lives that have been entrusted to us. We won't be perfect. We will not have all of the answers. We will not be able to do it all. And still, we are chosen to care for one another. We are chosen to share love. That's what this season is about. How do we care for one another? How do we learn from Mary's example and embrace our own courageous attitudes? How do we take stock of the important things in our lives and allow those to bring comfort and joy to a world that so desperately wants it? May we all find the strength to echo Mary's words. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Amen.